What's good, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Amitalika TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields, here on this Father's Day and Juneteenth weekend, Friday, June the 17th, to be specific, the year 2021, as we uh, wrap up and tie a bow on the 2022 NBA Finals, Playoffs, and season of course was Golden State Warriors congratulations to them they are once again your NBA champions of the in this time of the 2021-2022 NBA season the 75th in the history of the association their first championship since uh, since 2018 so it's been you know, for it's been a from a Golden State Warriors fans perspective when you were you know when you went to the, when going to the finals seemed like an annual occurrence. It's been a in, in some uh, ways it's been a long time since 2018. It's, it's four. That it was four years ago. I was a sophomore in high school uh, in 2018, and now I'm a sophomore in college. You know, they're playing to get LeBron was still with uh, the Cavs. Uh, I believe LeBron was still with the Cavs. I believe that was the first year where they wore the Nike uniforms, and uh, and they were playing across the bay at at the Oracle Arena in Oakland. So, you know, so it's been a good little minute since 2018. Last time they won, shorter bit of a minute since 2019. The last time they were in the NBA Finals, um, the last time they were in the NBA Finals, and uh, took care of it and a loss, of course, to the. Toronto Raptors in the time in between Golden State's championships, you had the Rap, you had the Raptors, Lakers, and Milwaukee Bucks all uh, win championships. So East, West, East. Now it's back to the West again. The Larry O'Brien Trophy with the Golden State Warriors. Um, they do a uh, and I and what I'll and this show today I'll I'll divvy it up in two parts. I'll break down. Curry's legacy and the Golden State Warriors side of things second and kind of tie a bow on these entire NBA playoffs, which have been very, very, very average, to say the least. I'll also touch on the New York Yankees, who appear like they are just allergic to losing baseball games, much to my chagrin. We'll touch on them a little bit later on in the program as well. But where we will begin, and I will take a different approach than I have seen throughout the uh, sports media today over the last uh, several hours or so, you know, uh, throwing bouquets and singing the praises of uh, the Golden State Warriors. I am not going to, I'm not going to discredit what Golden State did, but I am not going to do that. Instead, what I am going to do is key in on the Boston Celtics who embarrassed every fr- who from the f- from the fourth quarter of game 4 up to last night embarrassed every single elite player to ever wear the green and white for the Boston Celtics franchise dead and alive I'm talking they embarrassed Larry Bird they embarrassed Kevin McHale. They embarrassed Robert Parrish, Casey Jones, Bill Russell, Bob Cousy, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Kendrick Perkins, 
Shall I continue? They were a mortal embarrassment from the second half of game four to last night. And I told you guys this earlier in the week. I told you guys this in podcast episodes last week. Gold, the Boston Celtics were going. If they did not win the series, I told you, go back and listen. If you need a reminder, I told you guys that if the Boston Celtics ended up losing this series, they were going to rue the night and rule the moment where in the final five minutes and 15 seconds in the fourth quarter of game four, they got outscored by Golden State 17-3. to I told you, I told you, I hate being right. I've been rooting for Boston throughout their entire playoff run, albeit I did pick Golden State to win this series in six games. I've been rooting for Boston all throughout this playoff run from their opening game against Brooklyn all the way up until last night. Rooted rooted like hell for the Boston Celtics in every single playoff game that, that they've played for the last two months. But you got to be objective and you got to do your job. Me sitting behind a microphone talking about this. I called it. If they did not win the series, they were going to rue the day where they where they let a 3-1 series lead slip right through their fingers, fingertips in the last 5 minutes and 15 seconds of the fourth quarter, only managing to score a lousy, pathetic, embarrassing, shameful three points. You're... Teams that are in the NBA Finals, that you cannot have that. You, plain and simple. You can't have it. You can't allow it. You cannot tolerate it. You cannot perform the way that they did over the last two and a half games and expect to have the confetti raining down upon you, hoisting up the Larry O'Brien trophy, doused in champagne. Can't happen. Told you guys they they were gonna rue the day it happened that they that they allowed that to happen at the end of game four. What the hell happened? What the hell happened? You go back to Golden State for game five. Golden State is all re- Golden State's all revved up on Monday earlier in the week. What happens? They got there and they beat Boston by ten points despite Steph Curry not being able to shoot the ball off a boat into the into the San Francisco Bay. They turn over the basketball ninety million times. Andrew Wiggins goes crazy. They have three two going back to the T D Garden to play for the championship lives. Game six. And then and keep this in mind too. Had they had taken care of business, had they taken care of business on not this past Wednesday, but last Wednesday on the eighth of the month, had they or not Wednesday, had they taken care of business last Friday, I apologize. Had they would have taken care of business last Friday, they'd be on they'd be cruising down downtown Baltimore Baltimore. Downtown Boston around this time of this week, either yesterday or today, with the championship parade and title number eighteen. 
had they taken care of business in the fourth quarter last Friday, if they would have had to have played a game six last night, it would have been with a 3-2 lead, not a 3-2 deficit. And it would have had an opportunity where if they would have won the game, it wouldn't have been, whew, you know, a, a, a wipe of the forehead and exhale. Our season lives lives another few days. We'll see a Sunday on Father's Day. But it would have been, you win a championship number 18 on that parquet floor, that great historic franchise in front of that rabid, passionate fan base. You win your 18th title. Keep pace with the Lakers, historically, head-to-head in championships. And, and, just the sheer motivation of if we win this game, we're champions and we're going to do it in front of our home crowd. Instead of game six, everybody and their mother knows it's the last home game of the season. And if we win, it's great. Well, we but it but the bet but the 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 um the win lose of it all is that if we win game seven, we won't have an opportunity to win at home, which which is what every sports fan. That that has a favorite team that has a favorite team, no matter what the sport, they dr- they dream about that. Whether it's co- whether it's college baseball, football, basketball, lacrosse, hockey, field hockey in college, baseball, MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, MLS soccer. If you have a favorite sports team one of your dreams as a fan no matter what sport you love whatever no matter what team you root for is that you win a championship outside of the super bowl but but conference championship games is the only ex- use would be you know the, their little exceptions of rule but you dream of having your favorite team win a championship in their home stadium in front of their home crowd where when the final out is made or when the clock hits triple zero or double zero, the crowd erupts in pandemonium. The fans are crying. They're spraying beer and water all over the place. They're going crazy, jumping all o- jumping on top of each other on the playing surface. You know, if it's outside, the fireworks are going off. The celebratory music is blaring. You know the trophy presentation. They on the 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 microphone on the PA and hearing the crowd cheer cheer and go crazy during during the trophy presentation. Sam, you don't you could have had all that, but yet in the final five fifteen of Game Four, Boston let it piss down their leg, and it was completely, completely inexcusable inexcusable and defensible every great Celtic that had came before them they embarrassed that's Jason Tatum that's Marcus Smart that's everybody from Bob Cousy and Bill Russell to Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen 
embarrassing. And I tell you something right now. Stop Boston. It was enough. It was annoying. It was sad. How many damn times do I have to see the Boston Celtic players, whether it's Marcus Smart, whether it's Jason Tatum, whether it's Jalen Brown, how many Boston Celtics do I have to see bitch, moan, and bellyache to the officials asking for foul calls? It is game six. Not one, not two, not a regular season game in the middle of February against the New York Knicks. It is game six of the NBA Finals. Your season, you're hanging on your championship hopes and your hopes of extending your season by one more game are hanging on by a thread. Your backs have been up against the wall for a week. You had a sub-500 record at home in the playoffs this year. Instead of worrying about Tony Brothers or Scott Foster or whoever making sure that they blow a little whistle and call every single foul up, shooting foul up, Blocking foul. Oh, that's a charge. Oh, out of bounds. Oh, that's a uh, that's a double dribble. Oh, that's a travel. Oh, that's a carry. Oh, that's a flagrant. Got it. You know, with with with, with the stupid little uh, replay finger up in the air. Got got to go to replay. Got to go to challenge. Oh, you guys, got to look at that. It's enough. It's enough. Hopefully they they've learned they will they will have learned their lesson. It's enough. It's enough. It's annoying. It's tedious. Stop. Every single freaking time, complaining and looking to the officials and getting on their knees, begging and pleading for the refs to call fouls in their favor, guys. You. Control, if I sound like a broken record, I say the same damn thing on Wednesday. Control what you can control. That's it. Control what you can control. You can't control how the referees are going to officiate a game. You can't control whether, what, you can't control their judgment in deciding what's a foul, what's not, to, what it, what is and what's not a foul, what's a technical versus what's a flagrant, what's a technical versus a common foul, what's a flagrant versus a common foul. You, you cannot control that. What should be challenged and go to replay, what should, you can't control that. I tell you what you can control though. Turn over the basketball 16 damn times. That is what you can control. You can control the fact in game 6 you turned over the basketball 16 times. You can control the fact in game 5 on Monday night you turned over the basketball 18 times. You can control the fact last Friday in game 4. Second to last game in your building. You turned over the basketball 16 times. 
You can control that. You can't control the officiating and what gets caught for foul and what doesn't. But what you can control and what you should be concerned about passionately, I might add, about what you, about what you can control, what is in your hands of control, you guys couldn't could, couldn't control it. You turned over the basketball ad infinitum in this damn series. Instead of telling and being on the officials' ass about how they're doing their job, look yourself in the mirror and focus on you guys doing yours. That is not turning over the basketball every single damn time you guys get your hands on it in an offensive possession. My God. Every single time. With the, with, with, with the turnovers. Marcus Smart getting into stupid, idiotic foul trouble. Have a sense, Marcus. It's game six. This isn't a this isn't a game on, on this isn't a game in the in the middle of February against the Charlotte Hornets. This is game six of the NBA Finals. Smart getting into stupid, idiotic foul trouble right out of the gate. I mean, I'm sitting here watching, and I'm like, guys, what the? Did you guys know there was a, there was a game on tonight? You guys got on your, on your nice little run, and then and then it was like, and it flipped. You guys did a 180. You guys came out hungry, ran to go, and then all of a sudden, drop at the at the drop of a dime, you guys flipped. I said to myself, my, my goodness gracious, guys, pull your head out of your asses. Out rebounded, 44-41. And again, with, 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 with the threes. I mean, my, oh my goodness. I mean, I, I, I swear, you, you cannot make this stuff up. You saw it. For the last three games, anytime Golden State, whether it's Andrew, whether it's Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, Steph Curry, or Clay Thompson, any of those, any combination, or any one of those four players started getting hot from three, the Boston Celtics decided to play the game of whatever you can do, I can do better. So what did they do? They, they Al Horford shooting threes. Tatum shooting threes. Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Williams, Pritchard. Just start hoisting up threes. You guys aren't the Golden State Warriors. Stop trying to beat Golden State at their own game. If you're a three-point shooting team and you're going up against Golden State, that's one thing. You guys, you the way you guys win games offensively is 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 is, is oil and water. It's night and day. How many times I have to say you guys, you guys are a bigger, stronger, more physical team than Golden State, and rather you, rather you guys use that to your advantage, like you did when you beat Milwaukee, like you did when you beat Brooklyn. What the hell do you guys do? Take ninety million threes from beyond the arc. I mean, it's, it's, you, you got to be kidding me. 
That shot 38% from three. That's disgusting. Put a body on somebody. Drive the ball inside. Make your mid-range jump shots. Make your twos. Finish at the rim. And let's play, and let's play championship basketball. But no, we'll take 90 million threes because we see Steph Curry's getting hot and he's showing off in front of Aisha and his father. And it's the Fox the Sour Grapes all of a sudden. We got to start making threes. Got to start catching up and keeping pace with Golden State. How many times your team's going to learn that you can't beat Golden State at their own game trying to play catch up playing that way? You lose every single time. I don't give a damn what the analytics say. To hell with the analytics. Put the damn ball in the basket. If that means you got to take a whole bunch of twos rather than hoist up 90 million threes, then so be it. My God. You guys had a 12-point lead at some point, and you pissed it down your legs. In game six of an NBA final. But 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 they're gonna bitch and moan to their heart's content, to the end of time, to the officials. Yet all they did was turn over the basketball in this damn series. And I, and I tell you one other thing. I like him. I think he's a great guy. Comes across well. Only what? About four or five years older than I am. So he's he's my generation. I feel like if I, you know, that if I was in an environment where I got to know Jason Tatum, me and me and him would me and him would be good buddies, good good cordial uh, contemporaries. He's a good player, talented player, and I like the guy. But I, but you gotta call a spade a spade, Jason Tatum. You were for, for you wearing a Boston Celtic uniform, playing in the NBA Finals, where Bird dominated, where McHale dominated, where Kuzi, where Bill Russell. I just name is a predominant defensive player, but, but Paul Pierce, Ray Allen. Casey Jones. And for you to, 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 to just be so just nick in this series, is it's, it's, it's not going to cut it, my guy. It's not going to cut it. You can't wear that uniform. Take your team to the NBA Finals and play nick. You you can't you, you the, the the two do not translate, especially in must-win games that you're playing in your own arena. You can't have it. You can't. I mean, six of eighteen, one of four from three, five damn turnovers, two points in the second half, thirteen points overall for the game. 
I mean, are you kidding me? Are you? Are you come on, Jason. You're better than that. At least I th- heading into this, just, I thought you were better than that. Come on. I understand he's had nice games, and he and he's looked absolutely phenomenal in games and in moments throughout all these playoff series over the last two months. But good lord, that 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 is downright shameful. Thirteen points, shot thirty-three percent from the field, and you turn over the basketball five damn times. And I don't want to hear the argument, well, he's only 24. No excuses! I understand I'm not expecting him to, 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 to drop 40 every game. I understand that. He's human. But good Gandhi, man, how hard is it not to turn over the damn basketball when, you're, when, you're, when you are supposed to be your team's best player? I understand playing pro basketball, let alone playing in the NBA Finals. Not everybody can do it, or else everybody in the NBA. But good Lord, this man was turned off the basketball in this series like it was going out of style. And I tell you something else, okay? I, t- I, t- I tell you something else. Jason Tatum can go on Twitter, can go on Instagram, TikTok, the slap, uh, musically, MySpace, Skype. I don't give a damn what social media platform he uses and goes on. But you cannot... Quote, every sentence that the late, great Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul, ever, ever sputtered, ever said through his short, unfortunate 42, 43 years of existence and perform like that in an NBA Finals. I'm sorry. First off, the Boston Celtic fan, the longtime Boston Celtic fan that has a little bit of historical... Uh, uh, ref, uh, a historical reference point is quietly only going to take but so much Kobe love to begin with because albeit they re- they are able to separate Kobe Bryant and the, the person and the tragic death of the husband and the family man and the philanthropist and the friend that he was they're also able to separate some of them if not mo- and probably most are able to separate that from Kobe Bryant the basketball player who they couldn't stand for years because he was an L.A. Laker and beat their Boston Celtics. So the Boston Celtics fan is only going to take but so much Kobe love to begin with because at the end of the day, Kobe Bryant, the basketball player, not the person and the father that we that that we that was adored by millions, but Kobe Bryant, the basketball player, wore the purple and gold, not the green and white. 
So the Celtic fans only gonna take but so much. But if you to literally go out on social media and quote every single damn thing Kobe Bryant ever said, well, just like Kobe Bryant during shoot around, as like Kobe did in '95, '96 when he had his Celtic workout, will do the same. Uh, back lying lying on the hardwood with the basketball popping our head up with the spotlight as if it's God himself shining his glory down onto your body with side by side next to when Gobi did it. We, you can't you can't do that and perform like absolute dog crap in the NBA Finals in a game six at home. You can't have it. You can't have it. You can't do that and essentially. Portray yourself to the masses as, as if you're the as if you're if you as if you're the son that Kobe Bryant never had, and then go out there and become the first player in NBA history in the 75-year history of the National Basketball Association with a hundred turnovers and a single postseason. You can't have it. Unacceptable. It was offensive to the damn senses what the Celtics put on over the, over the last two and a half games. Especially last night. But stop quoting Kobe, Jason. I love you. But stop quoting Kobe. Put Instagram down. Stop. You want to be like Kobe? Get your ass in the gym tonight. And work from tonight till whenever game one of the new season starts in mid-October. And work your ass off to make sure the next time you're in, a, you're in an NBA Finals that you bring your team home. That when you're down 3-2 playing a game six, whether it's at home or on the road or in Antarctica, that you force a game seven. Or when you have an opportunity to go up 3-1 in the NBA Finals in a Game 4, final minutes of the fourth quarter, you make sure that you close the deal. That you make sure that your team goes into Game 5 with a 3-1 lead instead of having the series down 2-2. You want to be like Kobe? Put in the damn work. Enough with the quotes. Enough with the stories. Enough with, enough with the look-alike tributes, okay? Because the Boston Celtic fan could give a damn about Kobe Bryant, the basketball player, on a day where their team had to watch for only the second time in the history of the franchise, had to watch an opponent celebrate winning an NBA championship in their home arena. Get in the gym and work your ass off. I'll be rooting for you to do so. I'm a fan. But as you all know, listening to me over the last three, four, five years, whatever, that sometimes the fans got to be your harshest critics. Be like Kobe, get your ass in the gym. And Brad Stevens up in the front office makes sure that Jason Tatum has a point guard to work with. And Emmanuel Doka get a stronger. He did a phenomenal job, Mike, as a first-year head coach taking a team to the NBA Finals. Black man, no less. <laughs> Round of applause for me. But Emmanuel Doka, get control of your damn team. Tell them and get. And if you got to go coach K on their ass, 
go do not hesitate to do so. Make sure that the next meaningful game your team plays, that they don't every single five seconds look to an official looking for a whistle or looking for a foul to be called. Help your team mature over the offseason. Because going to say in this series, minus Draymond Green and his annoying antics, was a more mature, more emotionally stable team than Boston was. Not mentioning the fact that, and I've said this all, all series long, that you had a feeling that Golden State might win simply because of the fact that outside of the Memphis series, which only took them six games, uh, they really had had not a cakewalk, but they didn't have to play a, a, a deep series throughout any standpoint of their playoff run. They took Game Four off against Denver. They took Game Four off again against uh, against Dallas. Won the conference finals and first round series in five games when they really could have swept them in four. And uh, and their toughest task was against Memphis in the second round. And that series only went six games instead of seven. Meanwhile, Boston. It's been nose to the grindstone full seven-game series since they swept the Nets right out of the playoffs in four games. It was seven. It was seven against Milwaukee, the defending champs, and seven against the Heat in the conference finals. And then this series, it was six. And if they were one last night, it would have been a third straight seven-game series for them. All could have been prevented had it not been for three points in the last five minutes and 15 seconds of game four. We take a break. We turn to the Golden State Warriors side of things. This is the Amatella Katiaius podcast. Going to miss talking NBA basketball. Squeezed every ounce of juice out of it in the last two months with the NBA playoffs. Um, You know, when there's movement, you know, free agency is coming up. uh, It's coming up very soon by the uh, opening few days of the of the month of July, um, so if there's big time movement, trades, action, of course I'll break that down. Uh, I'll break that down for you guys um, as us- as per usual. 
Um, what else do I want to say? Yeah, gonna be, you know, unless you guys are into uh, the U.S. Open, where uh, Hayden Buckley, who, what, yeah, Hayden Buckley is currently the leader in the clubhouse with a minus four through two rounds at uh, Brook up in Brookline, Massachusetts. Hey, it's going to be hard-pressed to be finding uh, actual live sports to talk about unless you guys want to basically hear uh, bi-weekly updates with, the, uh, with my Baltimore Orioles and hear me scream about the uh, Angels family lawsuit. That I, I could also pound the drum, though, for the Bengals, who have been disrespected uh, a bunch of times over free agency, but I want to save that for as long as possible until, uh, you know, I'm revealing my uh, show hand to you guys. Uh, you know, taking you guys a little bit behind the scenes. But I want to discuss this sometime in August, either when training camp opens or about a few weeks out from the opening season because I've had it with all the slander with the Bengals and the Buffalo Bills essentially being talked about as if they're the uh, 2007 New England Patriots. Or the 2004 Patriots. I it's just sickening. Uh, we will also have the great Timothy Russo, the eldest of four, the oldest son and the oldest kid of, of course, my good uh, friend Christopher Mad Dog Russo. We will have him on the program next weekend on Wednesday. On Wednesday show should be an intriguing conversation. Um, uh, with him, I uh, haven't really had much guests on in quite some time. Not the NBA playoffs is over with. Uh, we can now the summer sh the summer shows after the NBA playoffs are a lot provide for much more easier, smoother shows because uh, outside unless something unforeseen happens on paper, there's really not a whole hell of a lot to uh, to talk about outside. You know, when it comes to live sports outside of uh, baseball and you and you know. Baseball is what it is, um, but outside of baseball, really ain't that much. You know, NFL. Try not to do NFL in June, in June, uh, in in uh, May, June, July. You know, we touch on it April. We touch on it March, April with free agency, and uh, and 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 player movement and the draft. Uh, May we do it uh, with the with the schedule releasing. So you, so you're you know talking football from September. Football is at least a topic of conversation one time or another from September. Really August, where you can argue August, but I'll do, but from September to uh, September to to May. Really, May with the schedule release. April with the draft. March with uh, with free March with free agency, February with the Super Bowl, and those of you who uh, care about the scouting combine, June June and July, I unless something really crazy, I lied to Sean Watson, I stay away from NFL, and of course, and I I you know was dying for something to talk about, so I also tied in the Minka Fitzpatrick signing with Jesse Bates and his future with the uh, with the Bengals uh, with the Bengals going forward, but um. You know, thank you, NBA, for uh, another, uh, you know, to give your choice something to talk about and provide a couple of rants uh, for your boy. Around this time last year, we were, uh, crazy enough, we were right in the thick of the NBA Finals, or excuse me, the NBA Playoffs in mid-June, of course, with the 
with the start of the season being pushed back a, a few months. But we were right this time last year. We were right in the thick of the NBA playoffs, and now, you know, it's before it's the Friday before Father's Day, and we're done. So, uh, and if you expect me to break down an avalanche and lightning, you got the wrong guy with the uh, with the stamp with the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, and I might as well do it because I'm on because I'm on the path. Um, with the you know wrapping up the NBA and kind of reflecting on it, but before I do that, and I touched on it, I believe in earlier episodes in the past. Who again was the idiot that decided to give away the uh, the 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 banner T-shirts with, with, at 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 the, during, at the Celtics home games in the city? Who who was the idiot that thought that was a bright idea to have that little blank spot on the far right, you know, for the for the Celtics twenty twenty two champion? Again, I mean, do, do do the people within these organizations that not the not the players and the coaches that make it run, you know, that are that are the X's and O's, the nuts and bolts of the sports team. I'm not talking about the Boston Celtics. You know, we ranted on on the team on the basketball team itself last segment. I'm talking about the, the 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 people that that are on the business that are on the that are part of the organizational business side of the Boston stuff. I mean, do, do they not think, do they not process, do they not daydream, do they not play out scenarios and situations in their head? You know, if 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 I do this, if we do this, what would be the, uh, what would be the immediate, uh, the immediate or equal response or reaction after the fact? I mean, for the, really? Knowing good full, knowing good full well, eh, eh, come on, it, it's it's the Golden State Warriors, okay? They won, they won a championship in 15, 17, 18. Went to the NBA Finals from fifteen to nineteen. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. Greatest dynasty of the 21st century. You can't even argue that. The greatest dynasty of 21st century NBA basketball. Basketball and you guys. I mean, come on. I understand Celtics as far as historically the Celtics are here. Golden State's a little bit below them when it comes to history and stacking stacking up Larry O'Brien trophies. But I mean, come who who in their right mind in the Celtics promotions department thought that was a good idea? We'll have we'll we'll create a T-shirt, not and we won't do we won't do it like you know during our final regular season home game. You know when we have a playoff spot clinch, we won't do it during you know during a meaningless regular season home game towards the end of the regular season in, in early mid-April. We'll we'll do it right smack dab in the middle of the NBA Finals home game and we'll and we'll carve out a little a little white uh little square at at the at the at the bottom of the shirt to make room and to insinuate the eighteenth championship is com- the eighteenth championship is coming with the Celtics in two thousand twenty two. Bad enough that it's not bad, not necessarily bad enough, but it's enough motivation for Golden State when they go on social media and they see the hashtag it's all about 18 with the Celtics logo next to it, or they see it's all about 18 plastered all over the TD Garden and on and on the Celtics clothes. And, and that, that's the motivation in and of itself. 
not to mention playing in the NBA Finals for the first time in three years and trying to win it for the first time in four is, is enough motivation in and of itself. But, I mean, come, who was the idiot that thought that was a brilliant idea? And go figure, wouldn't you know it, came back to bite him in the ass. So much that <laughs> Draymond Green... Draymond Green has his has his moments where you can't lie. He he he, you know he he's he's funny, and you gotta have to like appreciate his personality. He has his moments where where he drives you nuts, but uh, like when I ranted about a week and a half when I ranted you know a week and a half ago when he was absolutely disgusting and he was spending more time doing his podcast and getting in the gym and proving his game, but he has his moments where where he where he where he is just. He has got a, he's got a charming he's got a charming sense of humor just you know to put it to you that way and he posted a picture of him on social media with him I guess somebody within the Warriors organization got a hold of one of those T-shirts and he wore and he wore it and he um, matter of fact I'll pull it up here on Twitter so I can uh, read to you exactly what he what it said. He got apparently somebody in the Golden State organization got a hold of the T-shirt, and in that little blank whites, and in that little blank, uh, blank white T-shirt, he wrote. What did he write? I saw. It's funny about Twitter. You know, when you when you're scrolling through stuff by accident, you're able to find a whole bunch of other stuff. But when you go back and you look for something that you found intriguing by accident, all of a sudden you can't find it. Uh, here's what he wrote. He took a selfie of him. He took a selfie of himself with a pair of gla- with a pair of glasses on, um, with with the All About 18 T-shirt on, and it says in the blank sp- and he says in the blank uh, space in the blank space. War and above the green rectangle, warriors in all caps, arrows pointing at him, writing in all caps. Nope, double a posh, double exclamation points. Maybe in twenty three, <laughs> which, which is, which is funny, which is funny because 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 maybe you know, of course, maybe next, you know, uh, sorry, you didn't get it, you didn't get it. Maybe next time, you know, maybe next year. And then, of course, it also ties in with it also ties in twenty three because, of course, but because Draymond Green's jersey number, of course, is number twenty three. But uh, which I found that which I found that to be interesting. But who again? Who are the idiots that thought it was a good idea to sign off on that within the Celtics promotional, uh, promotional and fan and fan relations department? I will. I. Is is the is the multi million dollar question? And Boston has has a million other things to worry about and to concern themselves about, you know, about them losing the series. But that's just a little tidbit on 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 just that's just a little tidbit of them somehow some way deciding it was a brilliant idea to release a T-shirt saying all about the eight, all about the eight. If we want to release a T-shirt that's all about the eighteen and have the seven and have the seventeen uh, banners, that's one thing. But that little white little box, I mean, come that 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 would motive that would motivate that would motivate a high school JV basketball team, let alone the Golden State Warriors in in, in the NBA for goodness sakes. But anyway, that is neither here nor there. Uh, as far as the uh, Golden State Warriors is concerned, listen, 
It's their it, listen. It's their first title in two since 2018, which we've which we discussed, uh, which we uh, which we not passed aggressively, but it, but uh, but uh, have mentioned. Uh, it's their first title since 2000 and since 2018 when they beat LeBron and the Cavs, and their first NBA Finals appearance in three years, first championship for, of course in four. Clay Thompson uh, again, and I said it when they beat uh, when they beat Dallas in Game Five when they won the Western Conference, and I'll say it here again. You know, it's a much there's a lot more likable there's more likable. <clears throat> elements to Golden State to this specific Golden State team rather than current rather than current teams because one it's not a super team they they built their they built their team of course a from within and the regular way of going out and and sign and signing rejects of other not Anthony you know Anthony uh, or excuse me Ant, Andrew Wiggins isn't a reject but you know he's a reject from the Minnesota Tim, Timberwolves organization you know. Taking another man's trash and making it your own treasure, you know, building through the draft, a la Jordan Poole, and of course the three guys of Steph, Clay, and Draymond who have been there since the jump day one. Um, you know, no Kevin Durant, no no super 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 team, you know, superstar players joining forces teaming up. You didn't have any of that. Unlike their unlike their uh, 16, 17, and 18. Uh, 16, 17, and 18 uh, championships, or not 16, but they're 17 and 18 championships. You didn't have that with them. A much more likable element uh, about Golden State this year, and of course, Clay Thompson. You know, it was you know it was a long time coming. You know, last NBA Finals he played, he ended up uh, he ended up uh, tearing his he ended up tearing his Achilles. And he uh, and and who would have thought that it would have been the beginning for a very very long, uh, re- very very long and tedious emotionally and physically tedious rehab process for him. Then it, you know then the uh, he's out for the entire 2020 season. Warriors worst team the sport. Steph Curry breaks his wrist. They win less than they win less than 20 games. Get themselves a top lottery pick to allow and uh, get themselves a good draft capital to allow a Jordan Poole to to to, uh, to fall into their lap, um, uh, to fall in their, into their lap in the draft. They're one of the worst teams in the sport. The pandemic comes along to push back the season. Uh, the pushback the season four or five months because they're so bad in the NBA wanted closure on the season for them to have their playoffs they get the money from TNT ABC slash ESPN they don't get invited down to the bubble 2021 season comes around it's pushed back until this is pushed back to about a few days before Christmas of 2000 and of uh, pushed back a few days before Christmas in 2020. And then, of course, and then the news breaks in mid-November that Clay, T- that uh, that Clay Thompson um, tears it, tears his, uh, tears his uh, AC, tears his ACL during a you know during a shoot around in a gym. All of a sudden, now he's now he's now he's gone for two straight seasons. Misses a good portion of 2022 season. Comes back just in the nick of time before, prior to the Warriors' playoff run. They man they manage him. Uh, they manage him with kid gloves. You know, there's nights where he has a, there's nights where he has a, you know, where he where he you know he was frustrated on the bench. He was kicking and screaming. He was uh, he was an, he tore the he, excuse me he tore the ACL first. 
I said Achilles. He tore the ACL first in the finals against Toronto, and then he tore the Achilles in the in the uh, in the he tore the Achilles in the off season in on November on November nineteenth. But he, but you saw, but you saw in the games that in the in the first few games he played was kicking and screaming, um, you know, kicking and screaming that his that his minutes were limited. You saw that he that he although he was glad to be back out there on the basketball court, he was frustrated as hell that he wasn't back to his old self, uh, the old clay that we've all come to know and love. Took him a minute to get his legs underneath them, to get his rhythm back, to get his groove back. Um, you know, he, he there were many a games throughout the playoffs where he. Uh, you know, we didn't look like the Clay Thompson of old, and uh, and he uh, not that he was bad or anything, but he just he, not that he'd lost a step. But I mean, hey, he's coming off a back-to-back season-ending leg injury, so you know there are moments where 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 Clay Thompson really didn't do a whole hell of a lot. Uh, you know, not not in not in overall, but in the in quite a few of their games throughout their playoff run. Uh, you know, by his standards, I'm pretty sure he feels like that he underperformed and underachieved in the NBA Finals uh, this year compared to what he normally does. Albeit he had he's had uh, quite a few very good games, uh, quite a few very good games in the playoffs. Of course, Game Six against Memphis had a sensational night uh, against them, and he had a sensational night against them in the second round. And then, of course, throwing Andrew Wiggins. Who you know wasn't utilized properly with with the Timberwolves comes to Golden State shuts down Jason Tatum phenomenal defense performance uh, all around grabbing rebounds left and right racking up 13 14 15 rebounds a night sensational job just dominates the game defensively and all oh, by the way can score with the best of them as well picking up the slack when Curry had when Curry would have an off night when Clay would have an off night when Jordan Poole wouldn't give you much. Coming off the bench, uh, you just the way Golden State won. Now I again never have rooted for Golden State, never have, never will. But this is a this is this is their outside of their first one in 2015. This is the, this is like their their feel good, their most feel good championship of 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 the of their of their, of their um of their of their dynasty run. Is this the is the one that they won this year? First one without Kevin Durant, and everybody in America knows that they didn't need him. Uh, and of course, Steph Curry. You know they were. You know he hurt him hurting his ankle in the back end of the regular season. Missed plenty of time. Warriors had to had to somehow take down the Denver Nuggets and MVP and Jokic while also managing Curry with kid gloves, uh, with uh, with kid gloves and making sure that you know that he's playing because he's their best player. He's their MVP, and they need. And you can't win in the playoffs without them, but also not making sure that they go zero to sixty with them too quick because after because it was the because it was the first round of the NBA playoffs. Uh, after all, not not a not a situation where a conference championship or the NBA championship was on the line. You're gonna if if your star player is injured, you're gonna handle him, and he's coming off of injury. You're gonna handle him in a way. Different in a first round playoff series than you would a conference than you would in a conference final or the NBA finals because you because you know because you know in the conference finals NBA finals you got you you get you got a, you get a championship and and hardware out of it legacy immortality you win a first round you go all out to win a first round playoff series great win a playoff series. But you got, but you still got to, but you got to play another series, 
And if you lose that next series, what does it matter whether you won the first round playoff series or not? So they had to manage Steph Curry and his minutes uh, very, very carefully. The the formula that they had early on where it was Steph Curry coming off the bench, uh, just shooting the lights out of the building while Jordan Poole took his place in the starting lineup uh, turned out to be a rapid success for the short shelf life that it had. I mean, just a very good playoff run from Golden State. And again, the only time that they were tested outside of this series, the only time in the Western Conference playoffs they were tested was their second-round series against Memphis. Only time. Six games. Not even the full, not even the full length. They're not, they didn't even go to distance with, with seven. They went six. That's the only time. And they probably could have went seven had not John Moran had gotten hurt. Of course, we can forget the, uh, the, the 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 physical and rowdy, rambunctious series that was, with the with, with the technicals and the jawing, and the trash talk and the broken elbows and what's a flagrant technical this that and the other. I mean, who who who's who's going to forget that? Not to mention Golden State. <laughs> in the in that uh, in that embarrassing loss where they where where they damn near lost by fifty points. Let's not forget that either. So that's a you know, nice little consolation prize for the for the Memphis Grizzlies to have in hindsight. Hey look at us we beat the NBA champions in a playoff in a playoff game by almost fifty points and at one point down another we led by fifty points. You know, so they can have that to uh chew on heading into uh, next season. As far as Steph Curry's legacy is concerned, I mean, what do you, what do you, what do you want me to say? He's obviously top seventy five, top one hundred seventy five, fifty, twenty five, twenty. I think fifteen, not ten. Myself, I do. I think calling him top ten greatest player in the sport is blasphemous. No. Do I think top five? Yes, absolutely. Freaking lootly, that it. If you're if you're sitting up today, this weekend, or today, or late last night, saying that Steph Curry is one of the top five greatest players in the history of the NBA, you are the epitome of being prisoner of the moment and and being uh, conformed by recency bias. Because right out the gate, Jordan. LeBron, Kobe, Kareem, and you take your pick who the fifth player is. Whether whether you whether you pick Russell, whether you pick Magic, Bird, you Magic, Bird, Russell, Wilt, you pick any of those players as your fifth. But right off the bat. It's Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, and Kareem. Without even thinking about it, without even looking at their stats and their accolades. Right off the bat, Jordan, it's Jordan, LeBron, Kareem, Kobe. Sit. And the fifth, Magic, uh, Magic, Wilt, uh, Russell, you take your pick. Larry Bird, you take your pick who the fifth best player is. I don't think it's Steph Curry, but you take your pick who the fifth best player is. 
and calling him the fifth best player less than about 24 less than 24 hours about 18 or so hours after the fact that after you won the championship I mean you talk about being prisoner of the moment in, in recency bias again I don't think he's top 10 me personally top 15 for sure 15 to 11 no doubt and if you put him in your top 10 my only rebuttal is going to be who who take who is whose place is he taking is he taking Wilt's place? Is he taking Russell's place? Is he taking Magic's place? Whose place is Steph Curry taking on your top time on your top ten greatest players of all time list? Because even though he and LeBron are even in rings, and he's three and one versus LeBron, LeBron was one and three. He's still not a better. Player than historically than LeBron James is. LeBron has won championships with three different teams, which counts for something. He is the player that orchestrated against Curry, where he, remember, he got the technical and got thrown out of game for throwing his mouthpiece in Cleveland. He orchestrated the 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 lone three one series comeback in NBA Finals history. Against Curry, Curry best player on the team. No Draymond Green, no Kevin Durant at the time. Won seventy three games and they collapsed like a cheap tent. LeBron's won in three different places and he blows Curry out of the water when it comes to records. Whether you know whether it's points, assists. I mean, you 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 don't, you don't need me to, to to call the role. I'll be a Steph Curry's a greater shooter than LeBron. There's more aspects of the game that LeBron is better than Curry at. Without 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 even an argument. All grant despite the fact that Steph Curry has a better record in the finals, not just head to head against LeBron, but overall, he has a better record. He's still not historically a better player. He just isn't. And also the intangibles of the of a three one comeback against Steph, and uh, and um, and him winning in three different places counts for something too. You know, I saw people, I saw people make a, a big deal out of you know uh, about LeBron. You know, I want my damn respect. When he, that's what he said when the Lakers won a championship in October 2020 and Steph Curry did nothing but throw bouquets at his teammates when he had a phenomenal 40-point uh, performance in Game 4. And, of course, after the game when he was crying uh, in Game 6 last night. Um, I understand where the pro-Steph Curry anti-LeBron person or person that's not so much in love with LeBron is coming from. I understand that, and as I've gotten older, I've been able to see and understand where the people that aren't head over heels in love with LeBron and aren't head over heels LeBron James fans uh, come from. I'm I'm able to see that, and I'm not and I'm not not I'm not even talking about you know the people that call him out with the you know with 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 the with the Nike China thing and the China NBA controversy and the hypocrisy with that and 
and the fact that God forbid a a, a multimillionaire now <clears throat> excuse me billionaire athlete that's the face of the sport in LeBron who you know you say his first name and everybody in America knows he's God forbid so, so I'm not I'm not even I'm not even throwing it into the equation I'm talking about strictly LeBron James of basketball I gotta understand how Pete and as I've gotten older and I've you know talked to a few more people and listened to a few more people and if you know, really gotten an understanding of, 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 you know, because basketball is the last sport, ladies and gentlemen, that I have sunken my teeth into as a sports fan deeply and re and really critically, you know, in large part because of, in large part because of, uh, because of the show. But, you know, the other sports I've, I've been knee deep in because I've had favorite teams, NBA took a little bit a little a little while for me to get to that level but as i've gotten to that level and and as the years go by i can i can see where people are coming from cuz at times lebron james does have does have a i'm a Le, i'm lebron james and you're not mentality he can come across as arrogant he can now for good reason he can come across as cocky and so and uh, and self-centered which is which which he's i don't know about earned but but the accolades and his accomplishments speak for speak for themselves, and if, and and it's pretty easy to have that sense of attitude and sense of self when you've done and accomplished the things that he's done, on the basketball court. So I I can see I can see both sides of the coin. But the thing that you gotta, but also also Steph Curry too. Steph Curry's been on the same team ever since he ever since two thousand and nine. 2000, he's been there, what, uh, 13, 13, 13 years, 13 seasons? LeBron James has jumped shit from Cleveland to Miami, back to Cleveland to Los Angeles. You also get the feeling that LeBron James is more about, and again, it kind of goes into like the, the me, myself, and I selfish pompous attitude that that people find that people find in LeBron that 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 drives them crazy which I can which I understand and I totally get because you get a sense of feeling that LeBron James is more about his legacy him with himself and his own personal legacy and his brand rather than the team necessarily that he plays for I mean, I understand that he's always going to have love for the Cavaliers in Cleveland because he's a kid from Akron and everything else. But, it's, but I, I kind of get that. You know, he left Cleveland to go to L.A. for his own personal... Not that he owed Cleveland anything, but, you know, for his own personal ambition. And when it's all said and done, when they both hang it up, in my eyes, because of the because of where he's from... And what he did with that franchise, I will always look at him as a Cleveland Cavalier. But the problem with LeBron James, nobody, hey, let's get this out of the way. Nobody will look at him as a LA Laker. He he ain't even close on the Mount Rushmore of greatest players to ever play for the LA Lakers. And I don't think many people look at LeBron James as a historic Laker or when he retires say, oh, yeah, LeBron James, L.A. Laker, phenomenal. Me, personally, I look, I will always look at him as a Cleveland Cavalier. Now, the problem with that is, is that you'll have 
fans of the Miami Heat say, I look LeBron James, I see Miami Heat, NBA Finals appearances consecutive, consecutively against Dallas and San Antonio and Oklahoma City. Others will say, LeBron James, L.A. Laker, he 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 was the guy that helped the Lakers uh, win their first championship in about a decade in the bubble the same year that Kobe died. Steph Curry, you say the name, you think Golden State Warrior, which LeBron James does not have that Steph does. Which if you want to call it an advantage when it comes to historical acumen, go ahead. That's more of an intangible thing relating to the fans and 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 and, and, and playing the element of 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 uh, you know the memory game more than anything else. But I think top twenty five, top fifteen slam dunk, top ten. I won't condemn you for making that argument, and I won't laugh at it or call it blasphemous. My only rebuttal is going to be, who are you going to who who who's going to take his place? Or what player is he taking the place of? And top five is ludicrous. Recency bias at its absolute finest. 34 points, 12 of 21, 6 of 11, perfect from the free throw line. Steph Curry was absolutely sensational in this series and rightfully deserved the NBA Finals MVP. And and give Jamon Green credit. Last two games of the series, he played his best. Game five, not bad. Game six, he saved his best perf- NBA Finals performance for last. One oh, or excuse me, forty-two minutes, shot fifty percent from the field, made two threes, eight assists, two steals, two blocks, twelve rebounds, twelve points. Albeit, he was up there in the turnovers, but I'm nitpicking. Got to be fair. Got to give Draymond Green his flowers. Overall, in the series, he wasn't good. But he saved his best performance for last, which from if, if, if you're Draymond Green or anybody within a circle or a Warriors fan is all you quite frankly care about at this point. And Andrew Wiggins, who in his first ever NBA Finals was sensational, 7-18, 4-9 from the field, 18 points, 5 assists, 6 rebounds, 4 steals. Steph Curry, fourth player to average 35 and 5 multiple times in the NBA Finals, joining Jordan, LeBron, and Jerry West. Uh, he averaged 35 and 5, second time in his NBA Finals career this year. Uh, his 32.5 career points per game and title clinches the second of all time, only behind Michael Jordan, scored 3,570 career playoff points before securing his first NBA Finals MVP. Only Kobe Bryant scored, who scored 4,381 points, scored more before receiving the award as an NBA Finals top player. Only six players in NBA history have four rings, multiple league MVPs, and a Finals MVP. LeBron, Jordan, Magic, Kareem, Tim Duncan, and now Steph Curry. Congratulations to the Golden State Warriors. We will touch on some baseball with the New York Yankees to close out the show, the Amtelica TIS podcast.
Welcome back to the I'm Talking TIS podcast. One quick thing I forgot to mention last second pertaining to the NBA, then we'll finally put it to bed. Um, these were a the NBA the NBA Finals itself was not was not for it to be a six game series. It was not a great NBA. Uh, it wasn't a great NBA Finals. I mean, if you ask me to give it a grade on a you know on a letters on the letter scale, I would give it a C, I'd give it a C, leaning towards a C minus. I mean, no games that were decided by the final possession. No attempts at a, no overtime games, no buzzer beaters, uh, and that really kind of goes for the NBA playoffs as a whole. I mean, the Western Conference Finals stunk. The uh, Game Seven of the, of Dallas and the Suns was was unwatchable. I had to I had to watch uh, Game Seven of Penguins and Rangers for God's sakes to get the horrible taste of of pro athletic playoff competition out of my eye gate um what else uh the the suns and the suns and uh, pelican series wasn't bad although for it to be a six game series that series was one great but one bad it was very compelling uh the brooklyn nets and celtics series was an absolute clinic minus the game on easter sunday where Tatum made the game the only buzzbeater that you had in these in the entire playoffs in, in all of two months of NBA playoff action, the only buzzbeater you had wasn't even a jump shot. It was Jason Tatum with a with a layup uh, at the with the layup at the buzzer on uh, on Easter Sunday. Uh, you you know not a lot of not great all time. You know the last two games of Boston Miami were very good. After the first five games were unwatchable. Uh, game six and seven were very good. Were very good, but overall, not a great series for it being for it went for it to go the full seven games. This series was average at best. Again, no buzz beaters, no games, uh, no games decided by a final possession or possessions. There was no back and forth element to any to any of the six games in the in these NBA playoffs. They were a, it was a very very. We call it mid in my generation, but a very but to translate a very average and uh, disappointing and uninspiring, underwhelming NBA playoffs this year. La- last year's was off the freaking charts. I mean, off the fr- off the. I don't know what was the fact it was the energy because you finally had fans back. Uh, I, I don't know what the the uh, the sun the Suns and. Uh, the Suns and um, Clippers series was great. The Suns and Jazz series was sensational. When the Jazz blew a three-one lead, and the and the and the Clippers fought back the way that they did. I I don't know. The Nick the Knicks and the Knicks and the Hawks series was absolutely entertaining. As was the Hawks and uh, Hawks and Seventy Sixers series that went the full seven. Game. Last year's playoffs. Are blue blue this year's playoffs out the water by such a wide margin and it, it ain't even worth discussing. This year's playoffs were man, I'm being nice about it. Were average. You gave wanted me to give you a grade D plus C minus for the NBA playoffs. Leaning more towards a C plus, or excuse me, a D plus than a C minus, and the playoffs. Were 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 about a were about a C minus themselves too. Or excuse me, the finals were.
But hey, it happens. You know, I I love nothing. There's nothing I love more than playoff basketball, whether it's the NCAA tournament or the NBA playoffs. And I got, you know, and God knows how many games between the NCAA, including the NCAA tournament to the national championship game, and then including the NBA playoffs over the last few months. Hard to believe that of all that playoff basketball, I've essentially sat down and watched uh, hours upon hours upon hours since mid since mid March up until last up until last night mid June. So that's that's about that's about a three month time period, and I only saw one game winning buzzer beater out of all the playoff basketball I didn't watch over the last three months. Disappointing. And and not every game has to have a buzzer beater in order for it to be a great, compelling, entertaining game. But my goodness, I mean, I'd I'd like a few of them. I'd like a few of them at least. But anyway, getting off the uh, beaten path. As the New York Yankees, so we switched gears amazingly. I swear to you. It honest to God does not feel like that the Yankees have lost a game since Anthony Santander, and I'll get the date for you, since Anthony Santander walked off the Yankees on May 19th on a Thursday with a three-run home run. It honest to God does not feel like that. It honest to God feels like that the Yankees have literally not lost the game in about a month. That's how... Well, they've played over the last month. They've played so damn well over the last month. And as a longtime Baltimore Orioles fan, lifelong, and a and a diehard Yankee hater, it makes me sick to say this, but the New York Yankees are the, are one of the, are the best team in the American League, and honestly, the best team in baseball. I hate to say it. I hate to admit it. It pains me that I have to say those words on my own damn show, but they are. For the last month, they have done nothing but kicked ass and taken many a names. They just got finished sweeping the Rays out of the Bronx earlier in the week. Anthony Rizzo with a walk-off home run to complete the sweep. Anthony Anthony Rizzo is what a trade that was. Give Cashman all the credit in the world. That Anthony Rizzo trade was was sensational. Joey Gallo, on the other hand, has not been, although he did have some moments last week where he showed where he had uh, shown uh, good signs of production. But, of course, knowing Joey Gallo, that's probably going to be short-lived. They'll come back to bite them in the ass in October, which should be much to my delight. And how about Aaron Judge? who has just been absolutely sensational for the Yankees. You know, took, he, he, took, he took a lot of criticism and a lot of abuse for being a player playing on the New York Yankees who had an injury history and, and him turning down the big fat contract that the Yankees gave him prior, or excuse me, offered to him prior to the season started, prior to the season starting this year. He turned it down and said, you know what, Cash, you know what, Hal Steinbrenner, I'm worth more than that. Take your offer back. I'm going to go out there and prove to you why I'm worth more than what you're offering me. Well, it's only June 17th, but it looks like Aaron Judge's winning 
and the uh, is is winning the bet against uh, uh, is, he's winning the bet against himself. He's in 232 at bats. He's hitting 310, 25 home runs, 49 RBIs, and OPS of one. OPS. On base percentage, 386. Slugging, 677. OPS, over 1,000. The only time he's had an OPS over 1,000 was his first full season as a Yankee in 2017. I understand it's early, it's June. But good but good Gandhi. You know, typically typically you have players that are leading the clubhouse in the home runs, especially in today's day and age of baseball. They're not hitting over three hundred. Aaron Judge is. So he is hitting for average and he's hitting for power. Which is all you can ask for in a ball player in 2021 MLB. And that, quite frankly, that's all the Yankees can ask for. He's fourth in all of baseball and RBIs. He leads baseball by a healthy margin, seven to be exact, over a fellow New York baseball player with the Mets across the way in Queens. And, uh, and, uh, Pete Alonzo, and over Byron Buxton, who's second in the American Leagues in home runs with 18. He's got 25 on the year. Uh, he's he's tied for first with Rafi Devers and Mookie Betts in, in runs with 53. He is uh, 14th and on base percentage. Leads all of baseball in slugging at 677. And he's second in all of baseball by mere Few by a mere few points behind the Cardinals, Paul Goldschmidt and on ba- and OPS, and he's ninth in the sport in hits. I mean, absolutely sensational, and with the American League, again leads the American League in home runs, second in RBIs behind Jose Ramirez, who's having himself a hell of a season coming off of a new contract. Jose Ramirez has uh, 62 RBIs. Aaron Judge behind him by a good little margin at 49. Mostly because Aaron Judge hits a, hits at the top of the lineup. Doesn't have many opportunities to drive as much runs in as Jose Ramirez does. Who typically hits around the middle of the order uh, for Cleveland. Eighth best batting average in the American League behind Alvarez, France, and the Mariners. Kirk with the Blue Jays. Rafi Devers at 329 with the Red Sox. And his teammate Bogart's right above him at 332. And, and J.D. Martinez at 351. Second coming in second. And then Arez with the Minnesota Twins at 354. Leads the American League in slugging. OPS. He is fifth in hits. And he is... Uh, 10th and on base percentage. And tied for first with Rafi Devers and runs. Aaron Judge is having himself a career year. And in my honest estimation, he right now, ladies and gentlemen, is the MVP in the American League. The New York Yankees 
will would not be where they are in the division at 46 or excuse me 47 and 16 with a 746 winning percentage winning 7 games in a row with a 29 and 7 record at Yankee Stadium 18 and 9 record away from Yankee Stadium having won 9 out of the last 10 games if Aaron Judge is not on this roster and that is fact I don't want to hear Mike in the OC with Otani. I could ki- well, does he pitch and hit? Bullcrap. Nonsense. Him pitching and hitting ain't got crap to do with the fact that Aaron Judge right now is the best player in all of baseball. And as of right now in mid-June, deserves American League MVP honors. Should be leading the clubhouse for that award. The Angels stink. They're in a free fall. Otani has had a down year at the plate. Swinging and missing at everything, swinging and missing at everything, giving the home plate umpire and the opposing catcher a nice breeze every single time he strikes out. He Outside of a couple starts here and there against inferior opponents, he does nothing but piss the bed and and, 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 and gives up runs at infinitum and walks the ballpark. And in the start that in the big time start that he had when the Angels went to Yankee Stadium a few weeks ago in a doubleheader, he did nothing but implode all over himself, and he stinks pitching at Yankee Stadium. As much as everybody and their mother tries to compare him and make him out to be the next Babe Ruth, show me your rings and uh, and show me your play and show me your playoff stats. Then we can have that conversation. It's not Otani. Not even it shouldn't even be an item of discussion. Not to mention what the hell has he done while the while the Angels have been in free fall over the last month uh come on it's Aaron Judge it's Aaron Judge case closed non-debatable Aaron Judge is the best player in all of baseball best player on the Yankees and as of right now third month into the season he is the best player in all of baseball and deserves to be number one in a in American League MVP honors and it's not just him the New York Yankees just don't know how to lose games anymore. No, it, it, I, I remember when the Yankees were seven and six, and a New York Yankee fan was beside themselves Easter weekend when they lost two out of three to to my Baltimore Orioles. I remember that. Same old team, same old thing as last year, same old story, fire Boone, fire Cashman, Halstein Brenner is lost, Chapman stinks, get get them the, get him the hell out of here. I, I remember that. Mid-April, more, uh, Easter, Easter weekend, Chapman walked the ballpark, Orioles walked off on a walk-off walk, Good Friday. They bounced back this on. They bounced back the next day, and then they shut down the Orioles for about seven and seven innings or so on Easter Sunday, and the Orioles, who at that point in time couldn't hit the way of a paper bag, exposed for a big time inning in the eighth inning on Easter Sunday and beat the Yankees to to win their first season series of, of the of at that point in time the new season. And it feels like since then the Yankees haven't looked back since. To me, it feels like it. They haven't looked back since the Anthony Santander walk-off home run down the left field line uh, on May the nineteenth. After the Yankees, when Boone and Judge did nothing but bitch and kick and scream over the over the new wall in left field, and Karma's a bitch, and and Anthony Santander somehow beat the new wall in left field and used it to walk off uh, the uh, 
the New York Yankees to split to split a four game series. And the Yankees, to me, how I've looked at them, and I haven't seen every game, of course, with going up against the NBA playoffs and NBA finals, but every single time I, I sit down and watch the Yankees play, they win. Last night, case in point, beat the Rays 2-1, Anthony Rizzo walk-off homer. Anthony Rizzo by himself offensively won the game for the Yankees. Had an RBI single to score the Yankees' first run of the ball game and then walked off with a solo home run. And the Yankees' bullpen's been better off with Chapman on the I.L. That, that also has been an unspoken, I don't uh, maybe not unspoken, but that also has been a, uh, a, uh, a, 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 not an unpopular, but a, but you know what I'm trying to say. It's, it's, it's been, it's been a key, it's been a key in a sick way. It's been a key reason why the Yankees have been so hot because Chapman, who's been garbage all season long, who, who isn't the oldest Chapman of old, has been, hasn't pitched in quite a long time. Not to mention Nestor Cortez Jr., who's just been absolutely sensational. Every single time he goes out there on the mound, you know, it's it's it team, it's like pulling, it, teams got to essentially pull teeth in order to get runs out of them. When five and a third gave up three hits, one run, struck out four when the Yankees beat uh, beat uh, Tampa in the fir- in uh, three or excuse me four to three, back on uh, June fifteenth, first game of the series. And on the season in twelve starts, he's six and two with a one point nine four ERA, seventy five strikeouts and sixty nine and two thirds innings pitched. And by the way, who drafted Nestor Cortez? The Baltimore Orioles with their first round draft pick in 2017. Couldn't make this shit up if you tried, folks. Excuse my language. And also, speaking of the Orioles and the Yankees, interesting stat. The Orioles, this year's Orioles team, has who took care of business splitting a four-game series up in Toronto, by the way, a phenomenal job by them. As they uh, come home, uh, for, as they come home for a quick little homestand, uh, this one kicking off this weekend uh, against the uh, Tampa Bay Rays this weekend on Father's Day and Juneteenth weekend. The Orioles have four wins against the Yankees this season. Four wins. Two. I do. I do not believe. Let me go ahead and check. I do not believe the Orioles have beaten the Yankees at the Bronx this year. Let me see. I'm not. I'm not confident that the that the Orioles have beaten the Yankees in the Bronx this year. Uh, no, they they did. May May twenty third. So that's one win. That's one win, and and they didn't split. Uh, but. The Anthony Santander home run was to avoid a sweep. That wasn't a split. So that's one win. The Santander walk-off home run, that's two wins. And then when they uh, took the first series of the year against them on Easter weekend in mid-eight, on Easter slash Jackie Robinson Day weekend, was also was the, was wins three and four. Or one and two. One and two, three and four to round out my list. So they've only won one game up in the Bronx. Now, grant they've only been to the Bronx once 
this entire season. The, Yan- the Orioles and the Yankees have played a bunch in the, in the first two months of the season, and only and they only have taken one trip to the Bronx all year long. With the majority of the games, uh, seven of them being played at Royal Park County Yards in the first two months. No, wait, I'm I'm all over the place today. My apologies. They've they've been to the Bronx twice. So the Yankees have been to Baltimore twice, and the Yankees have been to the Bronx twice. They were in New York and home against New York in May, home against New York and in New York in the month of April. They got swept by them in late April where they looked like the Orioles of 2019. And then, um, and then uh, you know, they've had a couple of other series along the way. So they have four wins against the Yankees this season. So if you go back, they are uh, two and one, uh, two and one, two and four, two and five, six, seven, three and seven, four and seven, four and eight, nine. So they're four and nine against the Yankees so far this year. And the Orioles don't play the Yankees again. They do not play them at all in the month of June. And they don't play the Yankees again until the back until after the All Star break and the back end of the month of July, and that's who the Yankees and the Orioles they open up the second half of the season against each other uh, after the All Star break on July the twenty seventh twenty second excuse me for a three game weekend set of the weekend of July the twenty second and the Orioles don't go to New York until. The la- their last road trip of the season, which is which isn't until September the thirtieth, so the Orioles and Yankees only play each other two more times the rest of the season. It's June seventeenth. They only play each other two more times the rest of the way. One more time in in each in each in each building to open up the open up the second half in mid late July. And then the Orioles don't go to Yankee Stadium again for the final time of the season in the last road trip on September 30th and the first few days of the month of October. Which is interesting. But I expect it because the Orioles up until what? Up until Monday, Tuesday of this week, the Orioles had gone, what, a full two months into the season having having not yet played uh Toronto so but that's the way the uh that's the way the um schedule bounces but anyway getting back to my original point the Orioles have four wins against the Yankees this season no other team in all of baseball uh can say that because no other team in baseball has beaten the Yankees that many times this season in 2022 and uh one of my uh, avid listeners went and did the math that means the Orioles are the Yankees have the, the Yankees don't even have 20 losses yet for goodness sakes the Yankees currently have 16 losses the Orioles are responsible for a quarter of their losses this season thus far, which is absolutely my mind. They they are the best team in the sport 
World Series contenders once again. Boone, Aaron Boone is Casey Stengel. And yet 25% of the losses are at the hands of the Baltimore Orioles. And they're the only team in the sport that can say that they've beaten the Yankees four times this season. They're 40-10 and 10 in the last 50 games after starting 7-6. and six. Something about the game of baseball, man, I tell you. Something. And one little last little thing before we say goodbye. The New York Yankees, like I said, they never lose. They, they never lose at home, if you want to be more specific about it. The New York Yankees, 14 straight wins at home for the first time since 1961. Think about that for a minute. No other team has had a better start to the season than the New York Yankees outside of 2001 Seattle Mariners, who, of course, folded like a cheap tent at the hands of the New York Yankees. But that is your show. And an episode of the Amtelic podcast in the books. If you like what you heard, New to the program, please do not hesitate to subscribe. Follow your boy on Twitter and Instagram at the J Shield. The show on Instagram at Amatel underscore podcast and the show on Twitter at Amatel underscore it is. Tim Russo. Looking forward to a conversation with him. He is coming up on Wednesday show. Happy Juneteenth to my black brothers and sisters, and happy Father's Day to all the fathers around the country. Happy Father's Day. Happy Juneteenth. Y'all stay safe. Y'all take care. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you.